Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people and when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah Faruya from the Legends podcast, and I believe there are many ways to lead a life. Now, have you ever listened to, watched, or read a fairy tale? And when they say, and they lived happily ever after, you thought, and what the fuck happens next? Because <laughs> I have. <laughs> and this is a new mini series of mini podcasts called What the F Happened Next. And I am so thrilled to invite my first guest on this podcast, who is Lindsay Sawada. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Lindsay. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So you may remember that two years ago, Lindsay's podcast this very week, I think September the 25th, 2019, a different time, a different place, a different life, a different world even, was my uh, legend. She was videoed, we went videoed and uh, videoed in her yoga, yoga? <laughs> her yoga studio in Setagaya, where she has her Setagaya yoga studio. And many things have happened since then. So I wanted to catch up with Lindsay. So a quick recap of who Lindsay is. She is a yogi. She also has some other talents and jobs that she told us about. She's been many things such as a dance instructor, a nanny, and of course, a yogi. I think she was uh, Tokyo's premier Zumba teacher for some time. <laughs> And she lived in a, a lovely old house with her old family house in Setagaya. And she'd lived there for many years with her husband and her young daughter. So I'm interested to know what the F happened next. And today is a very special day for Lindsay, but I'll let her tell you about that later. So back then, September 25th, 2019, we were fresh from running a yoga retreat together. To be very clear, it was a yoga movement and coaching retreat, which was really beautiful, wasn't it, Lindsay? It was, it was great. Yeah, it was really lovely. Mm. And we said, let's do this every season or three times a year. Once we'll do it in town. Once we'll do it with our other partner, Maya, in the, the countryside, Nagano. And then once we'll do it by the beach with Sarah and Sushi. But life had something different planned for us. <laughs> so the first question I want to ask you is, Tell me a story from the past two years that's had an impact or influenced you, Linz. Um, 
Oof, there's a lot. So let's start in that September. I'm not great with timelines, but I think the year before in the autumn, we'd had a massive typhoon. And I think, yeah, it must've been 2018. Mm -hmm. We'd had a massive typhoon. Someone's roof had blown off their house over the top of our house. You know, his house was a little higher than ours. And he said, it's all fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we thought it was our roof that had blown off and it hadn't. So all good. And then fast forward to just a little bit after we had our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a it was a video. It was a video cast at that time. Yes. Again, thanks, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So that October, we had another massive typhoon and then actually our roof blew off our house. I mean, not the whole thing, but like a massive chunk of it. Um, and we had like a blue top on the roof for ages. So because the house was so old, you know, we really thought about was it a good idea to reform? Or was it a good idea to knock it down and start again? And if you're listening from abroad, that probably sounds a little bit extreme, but houses in Japan are not built to last for centuries like they are, you know, perhaps in England where we're. Exactly. And one other thing to say is reform means renovate. Oh, yeah, yes, we, okay. we forget so, that when we've been here for a long time. It's called a reform. <laughs> you can reform your clothes, which means repair, or reform your house, which means renovate. Oh, I just don't know what's proper English anymore. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, we, we speak our hybrid Japanese English version, right? Which is also yeah. valid. So, yeah. so renovate the yes. house. Um, yeah, the kitchen was really old, the bathroom was really old. And I never loved the house anyway. Like I moved in as the outsider into the family home. So it was nothing that I'd chosen. So we had a little look around and the first looked at four or five, you know, those sort of housing like complexes with all the new the, all the big companies and they've all got like a sample of their building. So we went to look around a few. We got quotes from a few, but we, once we looked around, we pretty much decided that we were going to knock down and restart. So that's what we did. It is one building on the block, but it, it's a building. It's not really a house. And we live on the third floor. I have an outdoor studio now on the roof. And then we've got five apartments underneath. So on the second floor and on the first floor. And my husband's got his dream garage down on the first floor as well. So that's what happened there. So, so that's what sparked you to rebuild. That's what sparked us. So that those two typhoons and this old house that had never felt like yours sparked you to decide to rebuild. Yeah. yeah. A couple of questions here. But what was that process like? The knocking down and re rebuilding process like? And what were the negotiations within the family like as well? Yeah. I mean, I think I said this last time, but everyone here is pretty easygoing, except me. Mm. <laughs> so I suggest these things, and people sort of go along and see what it would be like. But it just became apparent it was the best idea financially to do that first. We could keep plowing money into this old house. You know that movie, The Money Pit? I haven't it seen it, but... Not seen it yet. Well, it was starting to become like that. So yeah, we decided to rebuild. And you know, everyone's like, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's do it. And naively, because it was very hard. <laughs> Okay, so we'll come to that. So I'm wondering then, is there a certain degree of naivety to go into a project like this very optimistically and then uh, have to take each hurdle as it comes? Yeah. It was a fight the whole way, the whole way, right until like the day before moving day. We were like literally battling to get what we needed and what we've been, you know, promised and offered and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so I became tough. <laughs> 
it became <laughs> tough. Yeah, it became tough. And I used to think of myself as being a little bit meek and mild and not asking for what I want. Well, that's, that didn't happen anymore. I asked for exactly what I want. So yeah, it toughened up in a good way, I think. Yeah. So tell me maybe like the top three problems that you had where you had to kind of go back in and negotiate because, you know, builders are notoriously incredibly talented, but also notoriously want to cut corners or persuade you to do things that are in their interest, but may not be in yours. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, the yoga studio, I wanted a bigger yoga studio. My studio was really small. And then COVID started kicking in and it became apparent that, you know, all my lovely friends with all these beautiful studios were really struggling. So was it a good idea to put a yoga studio within the building financially? I don't know. Like I would have been worried that I couldn't have enough income to support paying the mortgage. So we decided not to put the studio in the building and put another flat in the building instead. Yeah. So that was a really hard emotional decision. And because I sort of mentioned to some people that, you know, I was building mm -hmm. this new building, I was going to have a wonderful new yoga studio. And, you know, mm -hmm. my pride a little bit was like, it took a bump. It really did. That was hard emotionally. And I thought that perhaps I would give up teaching yoga from my space. I thought I would find another way to teach at some point. So that, I think that was the initial first thing that we had to overcome. Another thing was, we had to have different types of loan for a different section of the building, which all became really complicated. So if I was going to put a yoga studio in the building, we would have needed a business loan or I would have needed a business loan. Then we needed the home loan for our section of the house. And then we needed um, buy to let. Buy to let. I see. Buy to let. We needed three different loans if we were going to do all that within the building. And the banks would only give us two. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing like that also made it a little bit prohibitive to have the yoga studio in as well. But then COVID hit and, you know, it all it was all difficult like that. And then the third thing I think that really hit me was trying to get a loan from a bank. I mean, the loan's under my husband's name. It's not a it's not a dual loan. Even yeah. though, you know, I work and pay off the mortgage as well. Mm. It's in his name. And banks wouldn't loan to us, some banks, not all of them, they, they flat out no because I was a foreigner, his wife was a foreigner. I mean, I don't know that they're allowed to say that, but like we were fighting so much already to get what we wanted. Um, you've got to let that stuff go right, to pick your battles really. And like, you know, I, I could take them to court, but what they say, whatever, <laughs> let somebody else do that. Like, that's not my, that's not what I'm going to do right now. I need to focus on what I want to do, not what somebody's trying to stop me doing. So. That was hard. Yeah. And then the fourth thing is just the whole process of building a place. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, I can remember when my husband and I were going to rent a place in Nakano in, in central Tokyo. And they would literally pick up the phone and go, yeah, there's a foreigner. Do you take foreigners? <laughs> All right, then. Sorry, that flat's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. poor Keisuke had a baptism of fire there because he didn't, you know, obviously people don't always believe you when you say weird things happen to me or whatever. But yeah, he was like, oh, wow, this is real. Interesting. So the building, so the building itself is really a hard process. And you also had to move out, right? So while they were moving, you had to find yourself a rental and go and live there. So what was that whole process like shifting everybody out? <laughs> well, I think nobody mentioned the foreigner there. 
um, because it just wasn't a good idea. But we had to talk about the cat, and the cat then became the problem for renting. <laughs> yeah, so we just found a little place. We'd, we'd looked at a few different places, but the first place we looked at was just five minutes away by the car, so I could come and keep checking on how the building process was going, which I really wanted to do. Yeah, and then just getting everything together, like, do you want this? Do you want this? And I'm quite organised, so I didn't have much to sort of sort through, but my family isn't necessarily <laughs> like that. So it was a huge process for them to go through things and let go. So you mean actually rifling through all the stuff that had accumulated in there? How many years was the house there? 50 years? Yeah. yeah. 50 years. And again, I just want to stress for the people who are listening here, that may seem like, what, you just demolish a 50-year-old house. But I think it's really important to understand the cultural context or the climate context of Japan is that basically most cities either are super damaged by a typhoon or an earthquake or a volcano pick your disaster every 60 years, 50 or 60 years. So houses are built to last that long. So they're built to easily collapse and easily rebuild. Tell me where I'm wrong, uh, Lindsay. I think it's something like that. And I think as yeah. time goes on, the buildings get stronger and yes. you know, more fire resistant and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, traditionally, that's how it's been up until yeah. Now, or in the last May, I don't know how many years. I think the old wooden houses are, are still around. They were built to last, but the kind of, mm -hmm. you know, this kind of quickly put them up and then quickly knock them down. That that's been a cultural thing for 50, 60, 70, I think. Yeah. A while. Yeah. 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 So going through all the clutter in the house, what was that like? So you said you're pretty organized. You like to keep just what you need or just enough. Yeah. How was that then for the other members of the family who maybe had been there for that long? hard I think hard oh. <laughs> I mean, have you ever watched those um um Kondo Mario programs or Mar Marie Kondo I think yeah yeah like the people find it really hard at the beginning but like I did this to everybody I set all their stuff yes. up in the yoga studio and I said look how many of the same oh, yeah. turtleneck purple Uniqlo heat tech jumpers you have <laughs> and they're like well, yeah, I'd actually, I don't need 25. I can have six or something like, or seven, day of the week, you know? So it was a massive process and one that I don't feel that um, they were perhaps able to do without me stepping in and setting everything out so they were able to go through it. Yeah. But once you start, then I think the, the process gets faster. It's definitely a process that, isn't it, Lindsay, if you think about like decluttering, I'm just kind of doing another round at the moment because I don't know where it comes from. You know, well, I do, yeah. but you know, I, I, I get it. <laughs> but like, it's like, where does it all come from? And then suddenly it's all filled up again. But most people have an Achilles heel. I don't know what yours is. Mine is jam jars. So I actually had my friend Sarah come around and help me to declutter the other week. And she opened the jam jar drawer and she goes, what are we going to do about this? And I just pushed it shut and said that's none of your business and we were just we were in hysterics laughing because it just couldn't like I couldn't give away my jam jars at all but other stuff so is quite easy but I had a stylist come and help me with my wardrobe about 12 13 years ago and that was a real revelation to me but it took a mindset shift it mm -hmm. took a, a light to go on to be like I really don't need to keep that Max Mara suit just because it's a Max Mara suit that got on sale. I don't wear it. It looks rubbish on me. Somebody else will look way better in that. And then, like you said, once the, once the seal is broken, yeah. 
right? And then you created something really wonderful out of it, but with your clothes swaps, I imagine that's kind of how. Oh yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice connection made there, Lindsay. So back to the yoga studio. Then, how hard was it for you to? Because when you were first mentioning this, I was like, this is amazing. She's got a yoga studio inside the house and blah, blah, blah. And I just assumed you were doing that. The first bit of COVID, when COVID hit, you were still in the old house in the yoga studio. Is that right? That's right. That's correct. Yeah. And so you had to kind of close it. Is that? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that was part of what sparked you. But was that a really, like you said, was that a big emotional decision for you? Oh, yeah. I just felt more than for myself that I was letting other people down. In fact, it still makes me feel a little bit tearful now that I got a lady, a really lovely lady that was helping me out with sort of translations and stuff. And I think she was really enjoying it. And it was so hard to let her, I felt like I was letting her down. And then I've mm. had students that and they're still, they've come back to the new studio, but like they've been with me since the first day that I saw Zumba. Mm-hmm. Like how many, like more than 10 years ago. Yeah, and they've yeah. come to like, all my classes all the time and it just felt like I wasn't able to provide anything for them anymore yeah yeah and actually for anybody that doesn't know Sarah as a coach I went crying to Sarah (laughs) I was like on her couch you need to help me find out how I'm going to tell people (laughs) I'd actually literally forgotten about that until you just said it there but there's a really good point there is you don't have to do everything yourself you don't have to write the email yourself you don't have to there is somebody somewhere who you could either get pay and get into a transaction with to help you with that or I'm sure you've got a friend who can help you to proofread an email or something like that but that was that was really useful wasn't that I don't think that was just about the email was it that was about the process it was the pr- whole process and if anybody hasn't had Sarah as a coach and they need coaching it's going to be like the best money that you spend that really oh. helped me yeah 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 I'm so happy to hear that because then you were able to get things moving yeah. right and so you got things moving but I'm going to just jump forward to what you have now. So you still have a yoga studio. Tell me about it. I love the photographs. You must go and follow a Setagaya Yoga Studio on Instagram because the photos are so beautiful. But tell us about how did you choose this and where did you get this vision from? When I had to close the other studio, I really thought, you know, I'm not going to have people in my space anymore. Like maybe I need a little bit more freedom. But as soon as I'd made the decision... And as soon as the house was knocked down, I really, really missed it. Really mm-hmm. missed it. And so then. Um, so let me clarify, Linz. You missed the idea of having an in-house yoga studio. Yeah, I missed that, that sense okay. of community. Like it's rarely yeah. that people come from more than, you know, from out of Setagaya, basically, like this ward in Tokyo. So, you know, and I know people down the street and it, it's really lovely. Um, yeah, so I missed that whole teaching in my own space and the option to teach at other studios because of COVID, you know, really weren't there at that point. I mean, I think it might be an option now. So as we were designing the house, when it became apparent that we weren't gonna be able to put a studio in, it didn't make financial sense. I thought, am I gonna have people in my living room? And then we realized we could do the whole flat roof thing and make it, I mean, it's like five times bigger than the studio was at at the other place. So because of COVID. So it's a rooftop studio. It's a rooftop. It's an outdoor studio. So obviously there's limitations with that. When it's super hot, we can't have morning classes. So we switch in the summer to the evening classes. 
we haven't done the very cold season yet, so I don't know what that's going to bring. I need to do a whole year of classes up there before I know how things are going to work out. But um, it's very beautiful. You can see Mount Fuji from up there and the beautiful air. And the, you can like at the moment, because you can hear all the crickets because it's autumn. And I've got little lights up there and it's very relaxed. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And then the times that I can't teach on the roof, we switch the classes to online classes. And some people join and some people, you know, online classes yeah. are not for them. I love it. And what I love is, I mean, you know that I love Skywatch, right? So when I moved here, one of the things that I wanted to do was really appreciate where I lived. So I just started taking photographs outside my window of the sky and I call it hashtag Skywatch and I love it. But what I also love is that then you're over in Setagaya doing the same. And sometimes you can see the same <laughs> clouds, which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. and, but you see them from where you are and I see them from where I am. We both see Mount Fuji. So you get these gorgeous sunsets. Yeah. There was a beautiful video you posted the other day. And how does it feel then? How do you feel on that rooftop when you're up there? it's like magic it's like yes yes yeah it's so nice it's so nice yeah there's an auto lock on the door so people have to come on time so the class starts at 6 30 in the evening they have to be there by 6 25 otherwise they can't get in so it's made people like be really good with their timekeeping mm -hmm. but people can tend to come at like 10 past 6 when the doors open and i when i come up to the roof after i've greeted everyone at the door People are taking photos, they're chatting with each other. It's a really lovely community space. Lovely. Yeah. Very lucky, very lucky. Auto lock on the, so is there a direct route up to the, or do they have to go through your house or is there a direct route? It's not through the house, it's through the community hallway. So there's a staircase that goes up through the center of the building and mm -hmm. it leads to the different flats and it also leads up to our flats and then beyond that up to the fourth floor, which is the rooftop yoga studio. Yeah. Beautiful. And you've got an elevator inside or a lift inside the house as well, yeah, right? That's for, for grandma. Grandma lives with us and we want her to, if she wants to, she may want to, she may want to live with us forever, but like she can stay at home as long as she wants to. She doesn't have to climb lots of stairs. And then, you know, hopefully we don't, we won't need to worry about elevator in our old age, but you know, maybe it'd be very nice for us to have an elevator. For sure especially with four floors yeah it's just such a good like my friend who's tom who's also a yoga teacher we were down here and he was like sarah found a really reasonably priced flat that overlooks the bay of zushi it's the fourth floor it's a walk up and i was like turning 50 soon mate no 20 years ago maybe but not no i'm good <laughs> so yeah awesome flats built in an income stream very smart so how did that spark off and how is this is such a great mm. how can i say it's just such a visionary way to do this whose idea was that and how did you get it in place <laughs> oh lindsay of course it was your idea yes okay how do you so fund a mortgage like a year this okay so yoga i'm going to be completely honest with you this is my passion project this is not making me a lot of money i mean it's just not no. let's be honest it's no not. no um, and so who's going to give a yoga instructor a mortgage for a building that's, you know, a new house, it would have to be much, much smaller, you know, poor quality. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to retire. Like our generation, we may be very lucky if we're able to retire, but, you know. <laughs> Not me, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. a supplementary income when, 
you know, when we're older and we can't work as much or we don't want to yeah. work, it just makes sense. And my daughter, her chosen career path at the moment, I mean, she's only 18, might not necessarily be you know, a stable income as, as a performer. It may be, she may do wonderfully well and, um, and support me in my old age, but it feels nice that we've built in this system that will support us in our old age and that will support her in her career path. Yeah, if she needs it, hopefully she doesn't. And don't watch this may work really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Forget what I said. Of course, she's going to watch this. Dare Auntie Sarah. <laughs> so, one more thing like, your house is so elegant. How did you choose all the furniture? And what's your kind of aesthetic? And it really is, it's lovely. It's so calming, really different aesthetic to mine. Yeah. So, I'm very quiet at home, very quiet at home. And going out into the city, I find quite overwhelming. So when I come home, I want everything to be very peaceful. I don't want a lot of stuff out. Honestly, my table doesn't usually look like that. I made it like look pretty with things on because, <laughs> but aesthetically pleasing. But I, you know, it's very kind of like these kind of beigey, kind of very light blue colors. The furniture is all from our own old house, except very small items like these little black tables. Um, I bought mm. a couple of old pieces of furniture and I painted them. Thought I was going to buy a brand new dining table, but I didn't. We used our old one. Once we actually got it in, I, it looks it looks perfect where it is. The sofa's the same one that I bought off one of those Facebook groups. I think it's a it's an expensive sofa. We've had it for a long time. It's a like bow concept, I think. That yeah, I think I bought it for like three hundred dollars, and I've got a nice throw over it. Oh yeah, You've got an old cat who vomits a lot, so you know, like. <laughs> not going to be buying a really expensive sofa for quite some time or maybe ever yeah so just calm neutral and then some point soon I'm going to look into some brighter artwork beautiful beautiful so how did you cope with corona times then because you did all this everything during mm -hmm. corona times how was yeah. that and how did you stay um, safe and cope and sane <laughs> The building of the house, we'd have meetings with one guy from the company that we built the house with, and he would come to the house and we'd have all the windows open, even in the middle of winter, and we'd all have masks on. And the company that we built with, when we went to see like their interior stuff and, you know, what kind of wallpaper we we're going to have and things like that, they really kept everybody safe. They only had a certain amount of bookings at that time. Yeah, it, it wasn't so leisurely and you couldn't sort of like muse over as much as probably you could do ordinarily. But yeah, I felt I felt safe in COVID times there. And then with regard to anything else, I've done a lot of yoga teacher training over the last year and a half. I've taken two different courses and that is what's kept me sane. Yeah, I've just been studying the whole time. Yeah. And also I have a nanny job again, which is the reason why I first came to Japan. I'm working for the cutest little, oh, well, I'm working for their mother, but like I take care of two really cute little kids. Yeah. And I think I'm quite useful there too. So full circle, full yeah. circle. So yeah. one of the big things that um, happened to you recently, and I'd, I'd rather not, you didn't tell me the detail of this because she's going to be my next shorty guest. Is, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you said goodbye to your daughter. So you're an empty nester. Yeah, that was only last yeah. week. So it was two weeks ago. Two weeks um, ago. Yeah. So how are you feeling about that, Lindsay? Oh, the first two days uh, were not pleasant. I have to be honest. Like yeah. I felt very, very sad. I think I picked a fight with my husband when I came off. 
dropping her off at the airport. He'd had his second COVID vaccine that day, wasn't feeling well, couldn't come to the airport. Um, so I did what any good mature adult does and picked a fight with him when I got home. <laughs> Slow clap to standing ovation, Lynn. Well done. <laughs> moments, yeah, um, because I was very upset. Um, yeah, and then, you know, we it's not like when you and I left home. We no. can speak over FaceTime or we can text all the time. Like when you and I left home, Sarah, like we call our mum. We've we gone. Like once a month and they were and they're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You're not dead? No, everything's okay. You're right for money? Yeah, good. All right. Too, costing too much. Goodbye. And that would... Yeah, like, that's it. Like it's, this, this call's getting very dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. cost yeah, you yeah. like 20 or 30 pounds or something like that. Yeah, Just, exactly. We don't have that anymore. So you know, I can literally see her every day, but she's... Um, mm-hmm. At the beginning, we spoke a lot, and now she's very settled, and she's really enjoying what she's doing. So um, we don't speak as much, yeah. But you two have a really nice relationship, is that right? We do, we do. We're very yeah. close, yeah, 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 really, really close. And you encouraged her in all her things in her career, and it's a big commitment for a parent. That is, I think, there's so many people who wouldn't have that same opportunity because of you. And I want to honor you in that, Lindsay, because I think, you know, it really does take an awful lot of input on the parents' part to produce somebody with such elite potential or not just potential, but elite doing it action. You can't, it's not something to take lightly. So thank you so much. That's really nice. Yeah, it's true though. So what's the future for Lindsay in the, uh, the rooftop yoga studio and everything else more classes up there very sort of like community based and i've started teaching yoga to some quite big corporations too online wow yeah yeah which is fantastic and i've gathered a few private clients which has been really lovely um i am still nannying and i intend to be there for the foreseeable future and I, I have another little project on the go to do with some yoga artwork that I've been doing. So it's a little bit of a, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to pan out yet, but it's it's kind of spiralling and I'm talking to people about it already. So. I've got goosebumps all over my body because again, if you go to Lindsay's Instagram feed, you can see some of the artwork. I think it's absolutely beautiful and quite unexpected actually. <laughs> and for somebody like myself, it was an absolute joy to see that um, all different shapes and sizes of yoga bodies. So that's really marvelous, gorgeous. And so anything else you'd like to say that you haven't said Lindsay or share with us about what the fuck happened next? <laughs> um go for whatever you want to do like it usually works out just yeah if you or yeah just give it a go give it a go yeah yeah I love that Nike Nike just got it perfect and they just do it yeah yeah and that's kind of my motto in life like and I might have a little like wobble at the beginning but then I just power through and being somebody who was very conscious of what other people thought of me I've kind of got over that now which is yeah just through having these experiences and really having to be a woman and to stand up for myself and oh I love that be a woman being a grown-ass woman and stand up for yourself when you especially when you're negotiating with lots of dudes about a house right yeah 
incredible. Now, there's one more thing that I want to just say before I ask my final question, which is congratulations, oh. because today, <laughs> tell us what happened. Yeah, You've been I up am. since 4am. I know that, but you look amazing and fresh faced. <laughs> I've got a lot of makeup on before. Yeah, <laughs> like that with the concealer. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been taking a 300 hour yoga teacher training with a wonderful teacher called Caroline Wybar, if anybody's interested in you. Caroline Wybar, okay. We can link to her in the yeah. show notes, yeah, yeah, maybe? Yeah, the website is mm -hmm. great. And she offered an online 300-hour teacher training course, and it's been fantastic. I've learned so much. And today I did my final test, and I passed. So, and you got um, your certificate. Yeah, so I, I probably did about 400 and odd hours out of this over six months full-on studying and prove to myself that I'm not a, sh uh, I'm sorry, there's no children, not a bad I just use, this is called what the fuck oh, happened oh. next. <laughs> good, good. All right, so I'm not a shit student. I'm a good student when the material provided in front of me is interesting to me. So if anybody young and youthful who's in school, who's finding it hard, is watching this, when you find the material that you like, that's interesting to you, you will be a good student. So if it's not working out for you now and you're in this kind of mandatory education, it doesn't mean it's always That's brilliant advice. That's a, and was that your biggest takeaway from your learning process or is there something else? Uh, biggest takeaway was like all oh, the amazing anatomy stuff I learned that Caroline had doctors teaching us on the course about anatomy and it was incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. So I really feel like I know a lot. Obviously, I can't know everything, but I yeah. my knowledge is, is really yeah, again, a lot yeah. of useful information. Oh, Lindsay, that's brilliant. I mean, I, I have a degree in human biology, so we'll have to geek out on human bodies at some point. So, Lindsay, this is a lovely time to just go into my final question, which is there are many ways to lead a life. What does that mean to you now or in the past two years? How has this become even more apparent to you? I mean, just everything that I said. Who would have thought that I'd be sat in my lovely, cosy bedroom in my brand new house? not worried about what my future holds particularly you know you can overthink things and I never thought that I would be here I don't think I always thought that perhaps I'd be struggling a little bit more and it doesn't always have to be like that if you make some choices some good choices then your life doesn't have to be difficult all the time. Yeah, it's amazing that you've started nannying again as well which is like a really full circle moment isn't it Lindsay, thank you. This has been really wonderful to take us on this journey since we spoke to you two years ago when who knew? I mean, obviously, this virus was bubbling under the surface somewhere, wherever it started from at that point and then became apparent four months later. We had no idea what was going to happen then. But you have taken this opportunity and turned it into something really, really incredible. And that's not everybody's path or journey over this time. And that's fine. It, there's an element of fortune to all of this. Uh, what happens to it? What happens next? Like there was an element of fortune that I took my business online three years ago. And, you know, building this house and building your negotiation muscles through that, making decisions, changing your mind not worrying too much about what people think about you, but always being generous. So being lovingly concerned about your students and clients, but not worrying about what the builders are going to think of you if you ask them to adjust something or tell them they're not doing things to your specifications. Really good difference to, to make there. And then choosing during this time of kind of slightly downer time, 
when we have much more time on our hands at home to do this 300 hours yoga training what an absolute treat and then finding out that you are a good student and that anybody can do it if they really want to and and of course human anatomy which is such an important part to have you know professionals in to talk about the body and that brings such an amazing layer to your practice Lindsay, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Next podcast will be somebody in Abu Dhabi. And then after that will be your beautiful daughter, May, telling us what the fuck happened next. So <laughs> thanks, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. So everybody, that's Lindsay over there. And this was such a treat to talk to her about what happened next. I believe there are many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and they're not fairy tales where they all live happily ever after. What happens is something comes after the initial story and I'm so interested to find out what those things are. And I thank Lindsay for being my first guest on this mini podcast on this mini series. Thanks again, Lindsay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the Sarah Furuya Legends podcast. Hop over to sarahfuruya.com where you can find the full complement of uh, Legends interviews and conversations. Also, you can like and subscribe over on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. I absolutely love these interviews and these conversations I have with these people. I don't care about subscribers if I'm absolutely honest. It just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Buoyed up by the stories of these people, I would call them ordinary, they're not. But these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Faruya Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Faruya Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks. Bye.